Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist, to focus more on the emotional connection than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, here with my best friend and co-host, Patrick. Hello. Hello. And this week, we are excited to talk about the newest film from one of my personal favorite directing teams, Chai Vasarhelyi and Jimmy Chin. It is a story about a real-life extreme sports accomplishment, Diana Nyad's incredible free swim from Cuba to Florida in 2013. The film is available now on Netflix, and we are going to talk in full detail about it. So we recommend checking it out, because you'll enjoy our conversation more if you've seen the film first. Even though it is something you could just type into Wikipedia and find out if you really wanted to. So just the go facts, that route ma'am. if you choose. Just the well, facts, yeah. Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, if you want the drama... If you want it boring, you could do it yeah. that way. <laughs> Did she do it? <laughs> Let me just Google it. But then you don't get to see the anti-box jellyfish mask. <laughs> oh, so scary. Uh, Would have scared me away, Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I want to start by talking about this director team because this is the thing that got me excited about this movie. I didn't know who Diana Nyad was. Uh, I was really hyped because this is one of the premieres that I got to see at TIFF. Uh, Chai Varsahelyi was actually present. Jimmy Chin was off filming something on a mountain somewhere. Shocker. That's what he does. But it was cool to get to see her present. And also Bonnie, the real life Bonnie was there. And to have them both talk about the film and the process afterwards and how involved the real Bonnie and the real Diana Nyad were in the actual production of the movie. But I was excited because these are the filmmaking pair husband and wife in charge of doing such documentaries as Free Solo and The Rescue, Maru, like a whole slew of awesome extreme sports stuff. And I was really curious because this is going to be their first ever live action, well, I guess not live action is the right word, but uh, what would be the right word? Uh, dramatized. Oh, dramatiz- yeah, dramatization. Yeah, dramatization of yeah. a story. And I thought it was really interesting, Patrick, the way that they brought their own flavor to it with some archival footage and like interviews and audio clips and things like that. It was really unique to me how they inserted those in in a way that most dramatizations of real life sports biopics don't do. And I wondered if did you enjoy that? or did, was it distracting? Because I could see some people thinking like, oh, what are you trying to do? That's weird. But for me, it really worked. No, I liked it. I think it reminded me a lot of Bombshell whenever it released. And I remember seeing actual clips of the, uh, of, I can't remember his name now. From I know, the, is it Rupert Murdoch? Rupert Murdoch, thank you. Yeah, okay. Rupert Murdoch. And how it was clipped early on in that great opening monologue. It's just a fantastic opening of, of showing him and John Lithgow sort of intercut, but it reminds us, and I think that technique is really good because it reminds us of the reality of what's going on in this. And so I think it it made me feel like we're creating less drama and really getting into more stories. Now, the performances we'll get into and everything like that really added to the drama, but I like that it's anchored, and I use that pun very loosely. It, it's it's anchored in reality more so 
with actual footage, with audio, with newscasts and things like that, it makes me feel like the story is about the people, not just the person, which I know that was one of the focal points of the film, and that we didn't get composites necessarily. We didn't need to have composites because it was really people-focused as opposed to story-focused, whereas like a, a story about an event, about a person or whatever, it's like, for instance, you know, Eddie the Eagle, the story itself, hey, this dude made the Olympics and he's terrible, but you know, it never happened before. It was really equally about the country of England having their first long jumper as, as much as it was about Eddie the Eagle himself. And so you have composite characters that come in and sort of represent more of his life. Now, there was truncation for sure in the story, but I didn't feel like it was cheating in this story because of those different things that kept coming through the 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 interviews and really the the symmetry of her her attempt at like 20, I think it was 20 or 30, and then her attempt, you know, 40 years later creating those parallels. So I thought it was really important to see that in showing us how she differentiated 40 years later. What decisions did she make that were different from the first time around? And that was really cool. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. That's, like you said, something that I think Chivas or how you said in an interview was specifically that the movie was not about the accomplishment as much as it was about, I'll quote, our film is not about how many times someone was touched or not. It's about how a woman woke up at 60 and realized she wasn't finished, even though the world may be finished with her. And so it's it's about a person. Like you said, it's a, per, a people focus. And this is something I just love about these documentarians and why I'm really not surprised that they were able to do so well with a story like this, because in everything they've made, it's been people focused. Free Solo is less about the climb itself. It's about Alex Honnold and what is driving this person to risk his life to accomplish the thing. And I think much of why I'm drawn to the stories about people like this is for the same reasons that they are, is that these people are unique. They have a switch in their brain, Patrick. They have a, a body, a chemistry that that I will never, ever likely understand. I was actually going to ask you this. This woman at over the age of 60 decides she's going to swim 110 miles from Cuba to Florida with no shark cage, limited support, and a very dangerous, tumultuous event that was going to take her you know, over a day, almost two days worth of pure swimming in the water. And she actually fails over and over and over and over and over. It just keeps going and going and going. Can you ever relate to anything like this? Is there something in your life that you can even imagine having this much dedication to accomplish? Because I, I don't think I can. Not to that extreme. And I think it's noble. I think there's something pretty amazing about the dedication for that. But I think maybe unintentionally or intentionally, the honesty of this brings to light the reality that this isn't for everybody or really anybody. This is for her. This is not like, if I could change, you could change, we could all change. This isn't a rocky moment. This is about her saying, 
I wanted to do this and I was not going to stop. And while I think the movie does portray her and maybe the real life Nyad says this too, as being someone who says, this is, you know, you can, you can accomplish your dreams. I don't, I don't quite, I don't quite agree with that because every person's different. And just because she did, it doesn't mean that somebody else could. Could she do it at 90? Could I do it at 40? It, it's very, it's ambitiously dangerous. And I think the film is very honest about the dangers of, of what she's done. Um, her, her conversation with Bonnie about the possibility of her dying, it definitely amplified their relationship and how she, Bonnie got in her face and said, listen, this isn't about you. This isn't about just you. It's about us. And if you die, that's a problem for me, essentially. So when I think about what she's done and I think about the, the feat itself and her story, it's not inspiring in that I, I feel like I could do something amazing or I could do something amazing at 44 or 45, but it is inspiring to, to, a, to a degree in that it, because it's historically possible that your body can do things beyond what you expect it to do. Like if you push it hard enough, it can do something that you wouldn't expect it to. The problem is, I don't know what that is. And as a coach, as I watch other coaches and how they do soccer or whatever, it's the the attempt, the approach, the the um, the attitude behind it. It scares me a little bit with her because had she died, what would this story be? Had she died on one of those attempts, would we be talking about go after your dreams, do what do what you want? No, you'd be it would be a cautionary tale of like you better listen to your body. You better listen to the people around you because some things are just not possible and that's okay. So it, it's a slippery slope. Um, this is not an inspirational story for me. It's an intriguing story, but I can't imagine myself doing something to that degree. Um, although to answer your question, you know, 10 minutes later, I think there have been times in my life where I felt like I didn't give it everything I could. I'm going to do it again and I'm going to keep doing it. And there are things that I've failed and I've said, okay, I've done all I can. There it is. And there have been things that I've, I've succeeded in and they're like, all right, cool, let's move on. So I do think that was captured there. And I do agree with that. But the extreme side of this extreme sport, I think is unrealistic for a lot of people. I don't know that it's such a great tone for athletes to become super athletes, but at the same time, I also know that the body is capable of doing a lot of things. I just don't know. Like, what did this do to her afterwards? Like, could she, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I don't, I see the inspiration, but I don't feel the inspiration because I see the, the, the stupidity in it. Like it's, it's, there's the risk, the risk really doesn't, isn't outweighed by the reward in my opinion. I just, and that's where I kind of landed on it. Yeah. And that's, well, that's, I think what makes this compelling. That's why I love their stories because free solo is the same way. You know, people will push back on that because they can't get behind the fact that this man is willing to just die to climb a rock. <laughs> like, no matter the fact that he has someone sitting there on the ground filming him or his loved one is crying in the trailer, worried about whether or not her fiance is going to make it back off the rock. Same concept here as Bonnie. This is your best friend for life. 
who wants you in her life, who wants to spend time with you and wants to continue being able to have that relationship and doesn't want it taken away because you pushed yourself too far and got yourself killed by her swallowing a box jellyfish. By the way, when, th- when they said that, that someone died from swallowing the box jellyfish and Diana's yeah. like, what happened? And the girl's like, what do you think happened? She died. <laughs> like, no, like, come on, man. Talk about a way to go. Like, no, yeah. no. Mm-mm. Well, and she and she even says that if you get stung by one, you don't build up an immunity. Like, you're right. actually weaker. You become as more, a yeah. Yeah, you're susceptible. more susceptible to it. <laughs> and she's already gone through it at least once, I think. Yeah. Maybe twice. It was, a, it was once. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. It was once. But it's, I agree with you. Like, it's not something that I understand that, that switch, that feeling that people have and that compulsion part of me is not judgmental uh i i want to try and stay away from that because i want to try and say it's your life you live your life however you see fit but i also agree with you that once you choose to have other people in your life in any capacity there is a responsibility to them as well and we live in a selfish world that People don't think about that all the time. They think about their own desires, their own needs first. And so you're right. It is a thing that is makes me very torn. And yeah. man, I think you made such a good point. Like all of the stories, we love sports accomplishments like this, Patrick. But like how many times do we watch and our team loses the game? Like you get to experience the high of that championship once, but you you watch for years and years and years. There's no stories about the teams that go two and seven you know, and and lose all the time, or the teams that just lose all the championship games, like it, it, they just fade off into the ether. And if she didn't accomplish it, then does her life, does her history, does her does her attempts even matter in the bigger consciousness of the world? No. Yeah. So that's where I think this movie has its strength: is that we get this fantastic relationship built between Nyad and Bonnie early on. I, I love, love, love Annette Bidding and Jodie Foster in this. I think their chemistry is amazing. And I love that they look like they look beautiful for their age. I think at one point early in the film, Annette Bidding, uh, uh, Nyad's talking about turning 60 and Bonnie says, yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm 58. You know, <laughs> they're, they're spry. They've got great banter. I think as I was watching this, I thought about that. Like, what if she never did? We have multiple attempts that happen. What if she never uh, never did it? I think that their relationship, because it was sort of vaulted above her accomplishment, it would have made for a compelling story about the value of friendship over an accomplishment. How deeply Bonnie loved her and was willing not only just to go through this with her, with this team of people, but also be willing to fail with her, be willing to say, it's okay that you didn't do this. It's okay that it was a dream that you weren't able to accomplish. I still love you. That was earned. That would have been earned. And I think- And more inspiring in a lot of absolutely, ways. Absolutely, absolutely. Something relatable. Yes. That to me would have said, apart from the stupidity of this kind of thing you're trying to do, more people relate to failure than they do success. Yeah. And this, and I'm, and I'm not saying change the story, but I think there is value in the attempt. There's value in learning and doing, learning and doing, learning and doing. 
And yes, while that's kind of boring because that's like process story at that point, seeing how Bonnie stuck with her, seeing how Bonnie comforted her and how they both really learned how to love each other more deeply, that's just as compelling a story as accomplishing this. And so by the end of the movie, I wasn't really, I wasn't really like looking like forward to her accomplishing the thing. I felt a little bit like the whole walk to get out of the water was a little bit more melodramatic than it needed to be. Like I was like, okay, okay, great. Okay, we're in like minute number two of her trying to, and I know she's exhausted. I get it. I get and she it. She can't be touched is the key there. Like yeah, she has and, to and, make and, it to on the her beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I think it's just, it, it's sort of a little bit more embellished than I would want because now it's like all these people. Who, you know, were they there on the third attempt, the second I would attempt? Assume, the... I would assume so. Yeah. yeah I, I would assume a... there probably was uh, a, <laughs> enough of a contingent. You know, there's going to be media. There's going to be some fans down there on the yeah. beach. It, it may not have, you know, Alexander Desplat's score isn't playing in the background of, of life at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I found more I... compelling stuff happening with her relationship with Bonnie. And again, I think that's a testament to... The directors who put emphasis on that they they didn't just say hey we want to talk about we want to talk about naiad we really want to talk about the fact that this was a team effort that's the one that's one of the big things i pulled out early was like wow she wouldn't i mean look at all these people that have helped her look at all these people that are sacrificing year after year like that's the other thing is just like we talked about with uh killers of the flower moon i i didn't in my head i knew it kept happening year after year after year but it just felt like a short period of time. I mean, it was in retrospect, but these were like years of people's lives that they devoted to doing this. And it reminded me that there's no way she could have done this on her own. At the very least, she couldn't have been validated that she was doing it fairly or with any kind of credibility. So I love the fact that the the storytelling in here was really about pointing to the fact that it wasn't just her. It was a team effort. And that, that I, I thought was very genuine. So I wanted to talk about that and also with regard to like Nyad's portrayal in comparison to the group. A couple things being that I think Annette Bening is amazing in this. I mean, she is, I think, locked in my top five for actress for this year. I just, I was shocked, blown away, honestly. Hadn't seen her in several years. And for her to do this kind of character... And to, to learn during Q&As that she put in the effort for over a year to actually swim. Like she physically did this at her own age of 60 plus to go get ready to do this. I thought that was maybe more inspiring in a way. <laughs> in a sense, like that's that's pretty strong. And I just think she just does an incredible job. And one of the things that Vassar Helyi said in an interview was about Nyad that she is unabashedly a complicated gray character in real life. And we went to great lengths, as did Annette, to portray that in its full glory. And I think they did an awesome job of doing that because I'll be honest, I don't necessarily like this person. You you talked kind of about that a little bit with how she treats Bonnie, how she treats Riss Iffin's character, who John, who she how she treats John, how she, you know, because I think it's a movie, we get a little bit 
of a happy ending in in the end of how she kind of comes around to realizing the importance of these people. But even in real life, she is a very, to this day, complicated person who is not necessarily well-loved. She's kind of rough around the edges. Um, I thought that made for an interesting film because it felt more honest, really, in showing us that, like, this is an obsessive, compulsive person who has this determination that is unwavering to the point of damning everybody else's desires in her life. She's rude. She's prideful. Like, I think she is not necessarily a good role model. And, you know, at the we can appreciate her physical achievement without thinking that she's the kind of person that we'd want to be friends with ourselves. <laughs> right. No, I, I don't disagree at all. And I think it sort of tangentially reminds me of that desire that a lot of people, myself included, uh, the the thing we get when we start watching true crime documentaries. Like I, I was binging a bunch of them when my family was out of town a couple of weekends ago. And what I already found, I, I did sort of a kind of a self-check of like, why do I like these? What am I liking about all these? And it's because the story is so bizarre. Like the whole deal about the like rich people paying a uh, dude to get their kids into college. He's like side doors as he calls them. Uh, the whole like an Aunt Becky uh, from uh, Full House, you know, her kids, you know, becoming kind of the, Lori the front people. Yeah. 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 Right. There's a good movie you know, about it on Netflix or Max. That's what it one. is. Yeah. It's it's okay. a it's a docudrama. It's a it's a biodrama with uh, Matthew Modine actually playing. The that's character. it. By the way, another great way to dramatize actual facts. All the conversations that you hear him have with these individuals are recorded conversations. They're wiretaps, yeah. yeah. So things like that or other uh, true crime-esque type things. Like Again, I say true crime and then I say like there's a Bob Ross documentary that's fantastic. But what I was finding is that as I was watching these, what's compelling about them is the fact that it's just like I didn't expect this, and wow, I didn't, I couldn't believe this. This, this couldn't happen. Like, I can't believe this person did this crazy thing. And you get that same feeling from a movie like this because I never left these these documentaries thinking, oh, it wraps up so nicely, and they're all nice in the end, and oh, the the good guys won, and the bad guys. No, it's messy. It's absolutely just it's a mess sometimes. Like. The whole Bob Ross thing, like his son gets zero dollars from all the royalties from Bob Ross Inc. And it makes me so mad. But the way you get to that point in the story is just a weird journey. And it's fun. Like it's entertaining. This is the same way in in a different kind of way where you have a character who is not a, a hero to a lot of kids. Like I wouldn't, I have friends of mine that, that swim and I would probably venture to guess they're not looking at the Diana with- Nyad and going, I want my Diana Nyad shirt because I'm going to be the best swimmer ever. No, you're not. The scene where she's yeah. talking to the kids, though. It's, it's so, so funny. She's so not like in a, like you can tell she's not comfortable and she's not the kind of person you'd want to talk to your kids. No. And they're like, <laughs> do you pee and poop in the water? So, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> It's it's abrasive, it's honest, it's raw, and it's it's very refreshing because it's not it's not the feel good story that you're feeling good about. It's a different kind of feel good. I think that's what makes this movie really interesting. 
is that the the reason you feel good is not for the reasons you would in a Rudy or a Rocky, because it doesn't hit those same notes. And I think that's where the movie finds its strength, because you don't have to have the um, you don't have to have the black or white character, like the one that's like goes from bad to good or goes from like um, you know poor town to to rich or whatever. It's she's kind of the same. By by the time she gets into it, the the one expansion of her character is the fact that she finds a she finds that deeper value in her friends in Bonnie specifically, which is a lesson we can all get behind, and that's what makes it really, really great to see because that's relatable. Her her actual accomplishment, no, not relatable by anybody by any means. But can we can we relate to the fact that we need our friends that. A lot of times the accomplishment that we might get tagged as being the the recipient of, there's always a guy behind the guy. There's always a greater woman behind the man. And I think that this film does, like, it contributes to that message in such a sophisticated way that I think that's where the audience is going to be driven is by that theme right there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I wanted to also ask you about, while we're on Diana herself, the portions of this that sort of parallel her journey, we get these flashbacks about how when she was a kid on swim team, she apparently had, it's revealed that she had written, I love coach, whatever his name was, on a notebook, which young girls, not unsurprising that that would happen. And this man being a predator used that as a means of grooming her, getting her alone, and sexually abusing her. And it's we, we get this like in spurts over the course of her attempts to accomplish this swim in a way that I believe is intended for us to kind of think of as her getting past this trauma. I just wondered... Before I say anything about that, my feelings on it, but what did, do you think about it? Did you feel like it was effective? Did it make sense? It made sense, but I don't think it was connected as well as everything else. And again, I think that speaks to the power of this relationship that he, she and Bonnie have. There was a good moment where she talks about it. She and Bonnie, I think it's between like her fourth and fifth attempt. And she's telling Bonnie, hey, this guy is still in the Swimming Hall of Fame. What an a-hole. And I, I think that, I think what I what I liked is that it wasn't just about the sexual abuse. I think the movie portrays the sexual abuse as part of her trauma. Like the her not being able to escape her failure of her 20s. I think the intercut of, of those those flashbacks of her as a child, um, combined with the audio from actual newscasts and everything else that was real, helped paint a picture of her being very complex and having a lot of things that motivated her success and contributed to her failures. Uh, but I don't know that the sexual abuse felt like that's such an important thing to a person and in a person's life that the the volume at which it was portrayed felt really kind of cheapened for me. Like I not that I wanted to see more sexual abuse by any means, but that's a big deal. 
And if it were me, again, speaking as a creator, not necessarily a person who knows, I didn't do the research. Uh, to me, that would have been probably the predominant portion of her trauma. And so a lot of the flashbacks should have been, in my opinion, sort of um, filled with more of those things, like more about that relationship. Now, I don't know her from anybody, and she could say that that's about the percentage that it affected her life. But I just know from history, um, from what I've known from other people, a little bit from myself, that's a that's a big deal, and it felt a little bit more diminished than I would have um, I would have expected. So when I saw that kind of pop up in the Netflix, like here's what to expect sexual uh, sexual abuse themes. I was like, oh, what are we going to see here? And and I was surprised at sort of the minimal amount that we got. So it felt a little bit sort of, uh, not trivialized, but it felt more about the, um, just not as dominant as her failing at the previous accomplishment or the previous attempt. Yeah. I, I don't think that it was extremely well tied in either. And I agree with everything you're saying. It is a big part of her life, clearly. And I understand the desire to, in a way, almost like make it more of a challenge for her to overcome what she's doing now because she has this history. But I never felt like it was something that was making her struggle in the here and now. And I, I think if this was presented from the very jump as Diana is trying to accomplish this thing at the age of 60... But a big part of why not only the physical requirements, but another big part of why she's unable to accomplish it over these failures and failures and failures is because she cannot mentally get past this trauma. And she went through a healing process for it that then allowed her to free herself up focus more on her physical needs to actually make the swim happen or to let people around her in her life in a new way, then I would understand why we were putting it in there. But it just didn't feel cohesive and connected to me uh, in a way that that elevated or, or I guess made sense <laughs> to be there other than just, hey, here's more backstory. Yeah. It's like a footnote, but we're yeah. going to keep putting it in there. Well, and even the conversation felt very, uh, between her and Bonnie felt a little bit matter of fact. Like it was just this conversation she didn't, I don't remember her crying or breaking down necessarily like, well, no, I think she did. I think she did um, lean into Bonnie a little bit, but it was, it was just overshadowed by all these other things. And I really felt like the, the movie was saying the big thing that bothered her and that has kept her, kept haunting her for the last 40 years is the fact that she did not accomplish what she did. And so I'm a little bit less sympathetic about her adventure. And in some ways, I, I, this was not the intent, I know. By throwing in the sexual abuse, it's almost like you're creating empathy because you know that Nyad is a gray character, that she's not right. likable. And I think that that might have been the attempt to soften her up a bit. Like, listen, she had sexual abuse too. I'm like, okay. And that's terrible. I'm, I feel awful that she did. But you don't spend a lot of time with it, and it feels a little bit like a cheap throw in there to be like, hey, you know what? You should feel sorry for her. Not because she didn't do this, but because she wrote, I love coach so-and-so, and he took advantage of her. I, I do feel 
awful for her, but not enough to the extent that the movie has made me, you know, invest in that. Right. And just not, and not tied to the story. The story yes, of sorry. the swim. Yeah, I wanna, that's what yeah, it's let about. Me be, I know. Let me be, I know. Exactly. I'm just clarifying for both of us. That's what it's about. Yes. It's not about whether or not it matters. Obviously, it matters. Yes. Is it something that had enough value to add to the point of the story, which is her accomplishing a swim at 60 plus years old, didn't feel like that was tied right. in a way that made yeah. made an impact, honestly. If I didn't, yeah, if I didn't yeah. know that about her life, like if they had omitted it completely, my feelings would not have changed. In other right. words, it didn't alter my feelings toward her and her accomplishment and all the things that we've been talking about by any means. Doesn't make it unimportant. It just doesn't make it feel more important in the story. Yes. So, the speaking of the swim, the swim itself, for me, <laughs> this is what I love the most about the whole movie. I, was, I loved everything, conversations between Jodie Foster and Annette Bening, just both of the performances are so good. I, actually, Reese Evans is also just a favorite, and I think he's phenomenal in this as well. So, anytime they're just talking, the banter is phenomenal, but the swimming was so well done, Patrick. I, I feel like this could be incredibly boring. Someone's swimming beside a boat for 111 miles or whatever it is. That doesn't sound interesting and entertaining. But the way in which they portray it, showing us the different team members that are necessary, the support crew. And this is something that is sort of embellished, I guess, or composited, if you will, in real life. There were more than 40 people in the crew and there were like five boats that were following her and they had all sorts of experts. But I feel like they did condense that pretty well because they did have a shark and jellyfish experts that were part of this story. They did have medical personnel on the sh on the boat with her or tra with, you know, beside her. They did have they didn't have a social media team, which I guess they had in real life, which they kind of like ignored that aspect of it maybe that's why there was such a big group of people at the end that conveys that but uh you know i just was riveted every time she was in the water the the shark scene when the sharks are coming at them and they have to get in there i mean i knew she wasn't going to get eaten but for me it was just interesting wondering how were they going to solve this problem each and every time learning that they had to put a tube out over the side of the boat like a, what was it? Basically like a camelback to feed her liquids or to give her ibuprofen while she was swimming. And just the way in which these weird rules for Guinness work. And, and I guess her record was taken off the books because they're, they can't verify it was not correctly ratified whether or not she was actually touched or not because you have to go through a certain level of proof when you do the activity and they didn't do that and so there's questions about whether or not she was touched or not it's funny to me what counts and what doesn't count learning about that like you can drop the tube but you have to like throw her the wetsuit and she has to put it on by herself in the water things like that i, I just i thought all of that stuff was really fascinating and kept me hooked in a big way Oh, I, I completely agree. The whole bit with the with the shark. You used to you swim know, you start too, out with by the, the way. I just now remember that. Sorry, I'm interrupting. But you used to swim all the time prior to your leg injury. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and I still do. Yeah, I still go at least uh, once a week when I can. Just swim laps for, you know, not with sharks or anything like that. 
Um, and I don't piss people off in the pool by, you know, taking eight hours. So, uh, you got me there and I, the, um, the thing that I, I completely agree. If you have the ability to take something as boring as swimming in the ocean with a boat beside you and give it a compelling visual, like hail, you're doing something right. I think what, what got me is, is the problem solving where she's asking, she says, I don't want to use a shark cage. I think that's a cheat. That's an assist. And she's talking to one of her people and they're like, we've got the solution. We've got these like, these little like wired, uh, like almost like electrode things that- It's a sonic- That repel. Emitters. Yeah. Yeah. And just adding to that and adding to that till the point where we get like a ghost face for a mask where she has to, <laughs> she has to swim. But I loved the- I love the the psychological aspects that we got to see visually where she starts seeing the stars falling down and then she starts, she sees the Taj Mahal. I love that Bonnie, when she's talking to, like, it's the prep. It's like all the stuff that leads to the actual swim each time. I love when Bonnie talks about, this is our captain. Her name is, I can't remember her name, sorry. Um, she's going to be driving the boat. Don't ever talk to her. And it's great because, uh, because... She's she said that like she only says two things I think in the whole movie, uh, like at the end she's like congratulations or that's great you know and that's it. But even at that point, um, Bonnie says, like, and when she's in the water, don't talk to her at all. Don't talk to her. Um, she's talking to um, the captain or the navigator, and and she tells him she tells him if he if she starts hallucinating, just go with it, and that plays itself out where she starts hallucinating about the Taj Mahal. She's like just. Keep going towards it. Keep going towards it, Nyad. It's great. And I loved all that because it's a risk for sure. Like those are more those are points where I'm like, oh, no, you need to pull her out of the water. Um, as far as the Guinness stuff, I didn't know that and until you mentioned it. But the fact is, she did. She swam that far. She went from Cuba to Key West. Who cares if it was documented correctly? She actually did it. Like I think that's what most people I don't think she cares that it's not in Guinness's world record. I think she cares that she did it. Like that's for her. That goes back to her character. You could document it correctly or incorrectly. Sorry, you know. It's it's kind of like the thing where you have forfeited wins in the NCAA uh, football games. You know, and like I think Ohio State forfeited their Sugar Bowl victory against Arkansas. Well, what does that mean for Arkansas? Nothing. It yeah, just means that somebody didn't loss. Yeah. It's a stupid. It's a stupid thing. You know. And I think that's it's the same like thing. like courtroom. As, we were talking about courtroom movies. It's the same thing yeah. as like, disregard that witness yeah, statement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you're not. You know, <laughs> it's, but, it's so stupid. I do think it's funny though, because like, it's, you just mentioned how she specifically <laughs> says in the film, I didn't want to use a shark cage because I wanted it to be unassisted. She's completely assisted. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. She's she had 40 is. people, five vessels technology protecting her from sharks, dudes who jump in the water with pokers to keep sharks away, technology in uh, like the things that she's wearing to help protect her from jellyfish, people hanging food and water and drink off of the boat with, you know, medical supplies and all these other things and navigating her to make sure that she keeps like in the current so that the current is pushing her farther and farther. Like, there's there's no I find it funny that Guinness has these weird specific things. That's what I was making my point earlier. Yeah. Like it's all assisted. The point is 
most people could never do this in their world that have ever lived, and she did it, even with all of the assists. It doesn't matter yeah. what they were. Yeah. I think what the what the movie's portraying is that 85% of the work is done by her, or 75%. 25% is done by her team. And I like the fact that the film calls that out, where she says, I think she and uh, and both her real-life counterpart say, this is a solitary sport, but it takes a team. That's a great statement. It's an absolutely great statement because you're right, it is. It's like you have you have a coach. So one of the things I really enjoyed, I'm just I'm just now, as of this recording, I finished up my fall soccer season. And my team has made these are like 10-year-old boys that I've just um I, I love because I've had several of them for three or four years now. I've seen them grow, I've seen them get better. And I, I, they won their last game, 7-0, it was great. And it's the first half of a full season. But I told them, I said, I have never enjoyed coaching more than I have right now. And it's not because they won. It's because I see the change. And so when I, 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 I absolutely love when Diana's talking to Bonnie about being a coach. She's like, I have no, I, I don't know about being a swimmer. I don't know about being a swim coach. She says, well, you'll learn. You don't have to. You'll learn. And then I'm watching Bonnie as she goes. And the things she's doing are things that we would do. Like she is, she knows when to feed her. She knows when to talk to her. She knows when to, and then there are times like when she's at the pool where she falls asleep, you know, she's trying to count laps, but there's this great moment when she's in the, like on the boat and she says, Hey, you're, you're, you're running a little fast, slow down your strokes. And she's asked, what, how do you know that? So why I hear her, they're slapping the water. She's, she's been with her for so Counting. many years now and she knows. And that's what I, you know, as I, I relate to that as a coach because I know the tendencies that some of my boys have that I can say, Hey, look, you're going too fast or bring it up, get that touch like you're supposed to. And I, those coaching moments of feeling like you're a part of someone's success, that's real. And I got that from this movie. I think that's the biggest takeaway from a, from, from my personal standpoint is that I felt like Bonnie did as as like an accomplished coach. Like, I, I didn't do this for you. I did it with you. And I did it in a side-by-side way, a great visual where she where she's swimming with her. You know, take that one stroke. Okay, take another one. Okay, take another one. I almost thought that she was going to swim with her, but I was like, that's 12 hours of swimming. You're not going to do that because you're not that conditioned. But it was great. I think that that was, uh, that was probably my my favorite aspect of this movie was Bonnie's relationship with her as a coach, learning to be a mentor to her, learning to find out what it means to actually be a coach, not a swimming coach, but how to coach her in, a, in that way. Yeah. And also it's a great representation of the fact that everybody is coached differently. And this doesn't necessarily just pertain to sports. This pertains to life. You learn this sometimes the hard way when you first start supervising people in the real world that you can't treat everybody the same way. I learned it because I came out of the military and suddenly I was in charge of civilians at my nonprofit that I work at. And I had a really, really rough time getting used to the fact that these people didn't respond to the way that I treated everybody in the military, which was the same way. Everybody had different things that they needed in order to be motivated or, you know, to, to continue on. And we see that in here. We see the team quit on her essentially, which I actually really loved. I was so glad that they eventually put their feet down and said, we're done. Like, we're, you are, you have crossed the line. 
and we're not going to support this anymore. And Diana has to show some humility to get them back. And I appreciated that because I think that was a necessary step in her evolution as a human being in how you treat people, right? And that that pays it off, like you said, in that final line of the movie when she gets out of the water and she acknowledges that there was sacrifice there, that these people are giving things up to help her accomplish their goals. Like this navigator, John, my, my, my goodness gracious, this guy, these people were doing this, according to the movie, for quite a bit of time with no sponsorship money. So he's giving up charter time. Like he says, I could be doing tours and making money, but I'm literally not having an income because I'm out here with you trying this over and over and over again. Like that's a lot that you should respect people's effort to help you. And and it takes her so long to get there. And I guess that's why it feels yeah. good when she finally does. Yeah, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel tr- uh, contrived. It doesn't feel like it's a Hallmark-esque, like, oh yeah, I was wrong. Can you take me back? Yes. Now let's do this. You know, uh, you know, I, I like I like Rocky too. When um, he and Adrian are they're at odds, and then um, to a point where she goes into like a, they have their baby, and she goes into a coma, and he tries to train with without whatever it doesn't matter. But at the 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 turn in that movie is when she wakes up, she brings him their baby, and she goes, Rocky, I need you to do something else for me. And she he goes, what? Because win and then you know the music starts that's a great cinematic moment because you're like yeah rocky and adrian they're back tight you know they're they're the team again this was less like that and i like that i like the fact that the way that we got back to them agreeing to do it was not her manipulating them not them feeling sorry for her they had their reasons john's reason he was dying you know and he wanted to have one uh, one last great adventure bonnie who saw her as someone who um, needed this, Bonnie being so connected to her felt like she needed that with her and she she couldn't not be on this adventure with her. So I, I didn't feel ever like she was manipulating them or they were feeling manipulated. It really felt genuine when they came back and said, yes, we're going to do this with you. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I really... I have nothing else, so I'll just say I really enjoyed the credits to this. I actually texted you and specifically said, make sure you leave them on. I think they chose really great songs throughout this movie. Oh, great, yeah. Great needle drops, and there's a great song in the credits that plays, and lots of, again, that documentarian nature of them. They're using the archival footage of little bits of what happened with Diane and Iaz's life after the swim, because she kind of became a celebrity over the last 10 years, in a small way, she was on Dancing with the Stars, doing interviews, Saturday Night Live, things like that. The one thing that they did completely do is ignore all of this controversy <laughs> around her and how she has become a pretty you know, enigmatic figure nowadays. I-, I guess I get that. Like it- You would have really had to have had some sort of a series if you were going to dive into her as a person. And that's not what this was about. This was about this moment, not, I mean, it was about her as a person, but it was about her as a person accomplishing this thing in this time, not yeah. if you kind of back to what we were talking <laughs> about with the, the sexual abuse history, like if you wanted to tie in her entire life story and like make this the centerpiece of it, but then there's 
the after part of this is what actually happened up till now, you know, after the fact. And this is how she got to this point. Uh, this would have to be a much longer project. Well, that speaks to the fact that biopics are hit or miss because they try to, as our uh, esteemed friend, I call him my friend, our friend, because he's been on the show, Patrick Willems said in one of his great video essays, cramming a person's whole life into a two and a half hour biopic isn't giving them the credit they deserve. The best biopics are the ones that target a section of a person's life. And I think that's what makes this movie successful is that it targets this moment in her life where she accomplished this thing with her team. And for it to go back and talk about, you know, her parents and how she grew up and the sexual abuse. I mean, it's a lot of information. And biopics should tell a portion of a story and have a singular purpose with multiple themes for sure, but it should never be to tell a person's entire story. Never. Because then you're you're watering down everything at that point. Because then you start getting into more like, well, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about that? Well, we couldn't cover everything. Well, you're not supposed to. Cover the thing that you want to cover. This was a compelling moment in her life. The controversy, that's not compelling. Well, it's compelling to an extent, but it, it doesn't fit here. And I think we you know, would, would agree that the sexual abuse, while important, is not compelling in the story because of its kind of inference. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like it fits. Not for us to decide. We're not the storytellers here. But I think they made the right call in saying, let's target her accomplishment and about the team around them. That's the story we want to tell. And that was a success to me. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to finish up this episode of Feeling Film. Next week, we're coming back with The Holdovers. Uh, Aaron, you had a chance to see this on your film festival adventure. And I'm excited to check it out and have that conversation with you. In the meantime, keep enjoying movies. Come back and listen to us. We'll talk soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and would love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling filmed.